0: From the far reaches of Dominaria, to the deep depths of the internet, only one company can withstand the hardships and brave the fierce trials that face the casual multiplayer magic warrior. These four brave men stand as one, and cross swords with foes of unimaginable horror who would dare challenge them on the field of battle. These four men are... The Manipool. Here to guide you through the
1: mystic and awesome landscapes of the many planes of the multiverse are your fearless
0: leaders. Brian. The lead rambler. Man. Dirk. It's not that easy being green. The greenest man alive. And Mike. Only God you That right. The rules guru and resident oldster. And leading them all in their relentless charge through the aether fields is the head dork, the one and only... The truly awesome Chewy. So sit back, relax, grab a glass of refreshing Jones Planeswalker soda, and prepare yourself for the Mana Pool.
1: <laughs> Hello again and welcome to the Manapool. Pool. This is episode 272. Ow, that was my fingers. Of the mana pool. Ow. We have mostly a full cast uh, this week, but before we get to us, I'm doing it out of order. Uh, we are brought to you, as always, by com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. You should go there and buy cards and check out the brand new Cart Optimizer, which, uh, anecdotal evidence from uh, at least one listener, has saved up to $20 just by clicking the Optimize Cart button. <laughs> Woo-hoo. That was JT. And, uh, yeah! Yay, card chart! They send out a new... A new... What is the word I'm looking for? Newsletter. Thank you! Newsletter! But because it goes to my Hotmail account, I actually haven't looked at it. Is there anything in there? Did you guys get it? Um, maybe. Maybe? I
2: we
3: thought I got it in my email, but I can't remember if I've seen it around.
1: ...here on the Mana Pool.
3: Is, does anyone else use
1: Hotmail? Because Hotmail sucks. I really need to change it to my Gmail account.
3: I still use it for a couple things.
1: Half the time remember. I click on it and it's like, nah. I'm like, go here. It's like, nah.
3: Yeah, there's a, and I've noticed, um, it's, it's not just randomly. It's, it's a definitive system. Like if you wait for the advertisement on the right hand side of the frame to load in, then it'll start paying attention to you.
4: Oh, okay.
3: It won't pay attention to you until that ad is finished loading. I don't know what happened to
2: mine, but at some point it just started spamming people. Huh? <laughs> So I stopped yeah. using. That's why I switched over to Gmail. And when as soon as I stopped using it, it stopped spamming people.
1: Weird. Oh well. So, and the card shark newsletter, we have the card optimizer, duh, because of course they're gonna have that because it's freaking awesome. Uh, they're also doing a shocklands promotion. So to celebrate the release of Gate Crash, they're giving away free stuff. One lucky winner will receive a set of five Gate Crash shocklands. <clears throat> So if you use the code SHOCKLANDS, one word, every time you buy cards, then each dollar you spend will get you one uh, one shot. And you can use that as many times as you want. And it goes until the end of March, so, you know, you should probably go do that. Yay.
2: Maybe you shouldn't use the optimizer, then.
1: Ha-ha! <laughs> Either way.
3: <laughs> so there you go. That is an interesting tension in the design. I like it. Do I use the card optimizer and save money, or do I just go hog wild and get more contest entries?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm.
2: Use the optimizer after this month.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you guys remember the uh, the 12-year anniversary promo thing that yes. they were doing? One of mm. the, the booster pack winners was uh, Kendall Hallman from Kitchen Finks. Didn't we have him on once, or was that somewhere else? No, that was on Monday Night Magic, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. Oh, I did see this newsletter. I just read it, um, a few days ago. Something like that.
1: Yeah. I remember now. So there you go. All the Card Shark news all the time, whenever we think about it. <laughs> we do always tell you to go there and buy things, though, because you totally should, because it's awesome. Right. Um, okay, so yeah, as I said, we have a full host, a full host of hosts, hmm. A full cast of characters, a full murder of crows, I don't know. I'm Chewy, the lead dork. With me, as always, are some other dorks. Muted dork,
0: sound off. Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler, and my voice is so powerful that it warps the reality around it. Like that.
3: Hey, mute real quick and unmute. <laughs> That's perfect.
4: <laughs> ah,
3: that didn't fix it. <laughs> uh. I'm starting to wonder if something is physically wrong with his computer. <laughs> oh
1: this is going to be the best episode ever. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> You'll know when Brian's trying to talk.
1: So, Brian's a lead rambler that's not allowed to talk. <laughs> and you can always tell when he's unmuted, apparently, because it's going to go... Oh. <laughs> uh, huh. i <I'm> <laughs> He just typed in the chat, it's going to be Morse code. Too bad, I don't know. <laughs> First couple <laughs> It's like dots and dash and there's a seven in there somewhere, I don't know. Ooh, ooh, do it in Braille.
0: <laughs> what does this feel like?
1: Hey, there you go. Who are you again?
0: I'm Brian. <laughs> the lead rambler.
3: Alright. I guess that's covered. Um, I'm Mike, I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy. And... that's it.
2: And I'm Dirk, the self-proclaimed Greenest Man Alive, and moral compass of the group, and I am not the one making all the weird sounds and dots and dashes and and messing everything up this time.
1: This time.
2: This time. This time. (laughs) (laughs) I can finally relinquish the title of, what did Dirk do this time? And I can (laughs) give it to Brian. (laughs) Science.
1: What has it done? So... So that's us. We're here. Get used to us. Um hey Brian, did you wanna say something about last week's topics that you didn't you weren't here for?
0: Sure. I just really, really love uh you make the card and I think it's great that they brought it back. And I really hope that enchantment wins. Take that. Um it's not because I think to a certain extent some of the land versus enchantment has been a little bit like Casual versus spike because every spike knows you want to land because it's value, 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 and I don't think it's that easy. I think it's it's more aesthetic than that. Um, I just, I for one, just would much prefer to see an enchantment, and that's just how I feel. I feel like there's a lot more design space with an enchantment, um, and I'm sure that whichever one we don't do, that'll be the one we do next time in ten years. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, it's too late. Is this going up before the before the Friday day, day, day deadline?
1: I severely doubt it.
0: Okay, I try sorry, to get it vote. up
1: before I go to Pittsburgh, but no promises whatsoever. So okay. probably not. Let's just say no.
0: Okay, well then, if you didn't vote for Enchantment, then what's wrong with you? No, well, whatever. So hopefully everybody has a good time with this, and they'll be great. And somewhere we go... You know, I, I was showing this to Carrie a little bit. And I'm like, so, hopefully somewhere we'll come up with something that's a little better than vanishing to memory, but not quite as stupid broken as Crucible of Worlds. I know, right? Yeah. If we could make another Forgotten Ancient, that's that's like the golden land. That's that's like everything, all in one.
3: Yeah, I can't remember if it was on this show or when um or on Card Advantage. That Which we totally forgot to plug last week. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, we forgot. We That's okay. It's, it's actually not up yet because they just yeah, yeah, sent it. Yet. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it, was, if it was on this show or when I was talking with those guys that um, I expressed my basic opinion that if, if it's a land, it has too much of a potential to be completely stupid in a bad way.
1: I think that was us. That sounds familiar.
0: Okay. I don't think Wizards will let us make um, anything really that is too good, they're just not going to. Um, well, that's
3: only if that's only if the mechanic is something that's already understood. Part of the problem with Crucible of Worlds was that no one, un, no one understood the card when it was designed.
0: Right. Um, but but I mean, for the most part, I I think. Um, and then I saw some people on the forum saying, "Let's really kind of force them to make it into a cycle by." Pushing it, uh, pushing a design that really screens for a cycle or whatever, oh. and yeah. they're not—they're not, they're not going to do that. Yeah. You, you can't cheat your. Way.
1: Did Brian just say you can't cheat your and then fall you apart? You can't
0: cheat your way out of it. Sorry, oh, there you, are. you can't cheat your way into getting to make more cards. <laughs> I don't think it's possible, but it's doubtful. Severely doubtful.
1: Man. I have to admit, I voted land the first time, and then I voted enchantment the second time because there was a runoff. Yes. Because it was so close, it was too close to call.
0: I, yeah. Again, Carrie showed me. I didn't even really look at the actual numbers. It showed the numbers. I was just looking at the percent. It was something like twenty-six votes out of eighty-eight thousand.
1: Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty close. Yeah, that was that kind was of separating
0: them. So, somebody on the forums was like well, this one won, lands won, so why are we even doing this? And somebody else was like, you know, last time they did this, it didn't even matter how close they were, the top two always went to a runoff boat. And this time, I, I, I think they're completely right to do it, just because, and, and I would have said the same thing, I think, if Enchantment had come out slightly ahead, because at that point... Um, you're so close. You might as well go ahead and let everybody else that voted for something else, like creature. Creature was the next highest, right? Um, get a say in uh, lander enchantment. So I'm curious to see which way it's going to be, and I will be following this all the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Because unlike lots of people playing now, we have been there for all three of these. <laughs> yep. Which yep. is crazy to think about. I was like, man, I wish I could have.
3: Wait, <laughs>
0: huh? For some reason I really thought that Spiritmonger was a you-make-the-card. No, well, it's just broken.
3: <laughs> Spirit, it wasn't. It wasn't like a community-driven you-make-the-card, but it was made by some kid who won a contest of some sort, okay. if I remember correct. That's
0: that. It wasn't an invitational card, but it was something like that.
3: Yeah, it it wasn't okay. an invitational card, and it wasn't you know a big, huge community-driven you-make-the-card, but it was an independent. Design of some sort. Gotcha. If I remember correctly, this was a while ago.
0: No, but that—that that, that sounds right.
3: Time,
0: that sounds right, and that probably would fit with why I thought it was oh, a Umic card.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I did not know that. Weird. Okay.
3: Yeah, that's part of the reason why it's all weird, and it has a bunch of abilities that don't seem to go very well together. <laughs> until the design philosophy around the green-black combination changed and now it kind of makes sense strangely enough
0: black gets to do this green gets to do this uh make it huge and call it a day (laughs) okay was there other news other than everybody loves eggs
1: uh I don't actually think anybody loves eggs except for that Sean White looking dude that won with him
0: I actually really like the deck and I know it's why does that
1: not surprise (laughs) me
0: I just, it's so combo delicious, And the fact that it can just kind of fall, fall flat on its face, it's really, really risk versus reward. I was watching the replay of the finals from, was it San Diego? Yeah. Grand Prix San Diego. And I, Carrie was watching Dancing with the Stars. And I'm like, um, yeah, he's going off. And she's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, he's doing all this stuff. He's getting it all back. And she's like, how does he win? And I'm like, well, essentially, you know, he can keep put with the Conjur's Bobble, he can keep putting Second Sunrise um, back on the bottom of his deck and keep casting it over and over again and get infinite um, high-ride spell bomb activations. And she's like, oh, okay. Did you read the coverage, though? Did you hear about Brian Kibler? Uh,
1: about getting up and going to the bathroom?
0: Getting up and and Ricky Hayashi actually, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing, but the judge... No, um he he calls the judge over when his ex-opponent starts to go off and he's like can I go to the bathroom and Ricky's like uh are, like are you serious <laughs> or, uh, and he let him go and I was surprised I thought that as a judge he probably would have said no you have to sit there and wait no he actually let him get up and go to the bathroom and he's coming back he's yelling like am I dead yet and the judge had to like cut the cards and things like that and Kebel actually ended up winning the match although he lost that game. But I thought that was I thought that was interesting. I thought that was really an interesting call that the judge allowed him to do that.
4: That was interesting. Huh.
0: He said something about like, "Hey, I pressed F6 in real life because in Magic Online when you press F6 it <laughs> puts in the auto uh, it removes all your auto yields." Um mm. so that which really speeds things up. Um Especially when the opponent is going off. No, but I like eggs. I think it's okay. I don't think it's terrible. I'm surprised more people aren't uh, sideboarding something like Mind Break Trap.
4: Oh,
1: man. Hey, Brian, you should listen to the next Monday Night Magic when I get it posted. At least the beginning. Okay. Because Jeremy uh, Schofield was on, and he's talking about uh, watching an eggs player combo off and fall flat. And he talks about the the Kibler Hayashi thing, and he talks about um. There was something else in there that you just mentioned. Okay. Uh, that he he mentioned that was pretty good.
0: All right, I guess I'll have to listen to the next episode of Monday Night Magic.
1: Which hopefully I will post by the time we're done tonight. So yeah, after we're done tonight. So yay.
0: Yay. Yay. Which we- means you looking out of the audience should have already listened to it.
1: Unless you don't care, in which case you you shouldn't have. It was good though. We had uh, we had Schofield, we had Christian from uh, Off Color Cast, not Avant-Garde Show, and we had uh, uh, Angelo from the Pit Imps
3: podcast. Do you really think you have to use the qualifier "not" from avant Card Show, considering that the show hasn't been on the air for?
1: No, years actually, that um, helped
3: me. Oh, okay.
1: Well, yeah, well, for our listeners, yeah, I think I do. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, okay. we, we still we've had Christian on since the show died. That's true. Again. Died again. Oh, I miss Prillam.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, Pittsburgh's going to be my first B-Prill-less Grand Prix. I don't know what I'm going to do. Sad.
3: You'll hmm. just have to harass Clues, I guess.
1: He's not going to be there. He's going to PAX because he's a bastard.
3: Well, wow, Pittsburgh is going to suck.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not going to suck. It's going to be awesome. Because I'm not playing, so that helps.
3: Oh, yes, that'll be much better, actually.
1: So, by the way, I'm going to Pittsburgh, which was last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) It might be this weekend, but I don't think I'm going to get this show up, so it'll be last weekend. (laughs) Hmm. So, what are we doing? I need to pull up uh, the show notes from a couple weeks ago so I can look at our cards. (laughs) Ah
3: yes. You posted them on the website. I did. And then Jars posted cool mock-up version of them. Burp. Oh, excuse
1: me. That was gross. Uh, I'm disgusting. So, we did... What in the hell is this? That's weird. Copy. Paste. There you go, guys. We did uh, our Planeswalker cards two weeks ago, and then we decided we should do some story circles around them because they're awesome.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be... Crazy. Yeah. Or not.
1: Or not. We don't know, to be honest.
4: <laughs>
1: Why is there not a space
4: after dark?
0: We have not done a story circle in a little bit. Does someone whose voice does not warp the fabric of reality want to remind the listeners how a story
3: circle works?
1: Ha! <laughs> Brian has the thum.
3: <laughs> Dragon okay. shouting like a boss. <laughs> All right, so usually with a story circle, um, we start with some kind of random
0: I've card. I've never played <laughs> Skyrim. Keep going.
3: Thank you for that. <laughs> for all of those of you out there who missed that part, Brian does not, in fact, play Skyrim, which is exactly how a story circle works. Um, what we usually do is that we, we usually start with a random card in Gatherer, but we have some kind of idea about a certain quality we're going to restrict it to. And once we have that, we start just popping ideas off the top of our heads um, about cards that could go in a deck where, where that card is either the centerpiece of the deck or it's part of the major theme. And we go around in a circle. Each person takes a turn and adds a card. And sometimes, you know, we start off going in one direction, and, and then someone finds a card that gets everyone thinking about something else, and the deck shoots off in a much more interesting direction after that. But uh, it, it all it all ends up being a lot of fun, actually gives us some good things to think about. Uh, we don't actually go through all the process of building the whole deck, like figuring out the counter different cards, adding support cards, and doing a land base or whatever. That's not the point. The point is to get just a basic skeleton of an idea out there.
1: <coughs> Regain control
3: of my laughter. Yes,
1: yeah, so everything Mike said is correct.
3: <laughs> I was wondering how long that was going to take. Everyone oh. was so deathly quiet. I was afraid I was alone on the call and
1: just oh. talking. To the <laughs> oh, I had to mute because I was laughing my ass off at that. <laughs>
3: Okay, so,
1: who are we starting with?
3: You want to start in the same order, or reverse order, or somewhere else, or what?
1: I think we should do sideways order, but I don't know what that means.
3: Sideways order. Sideways order, to me, that would mean 2, 4, 1, 3, for
0: some reason. Let's start with something random.
3: Okay, hang on.
1: Let me... Uh, okay, so north would be me, and that's uh, Mike... Dirk Bryan and I'll flip it and catch it. Oh, and that's Dirk. Okay, did I just curse?
3: Yeah. Damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So who was it?
2: Me. It was Dirk. So do I get to partake in the story circle? I should hope so.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. You weren't. uh, The reason Dirk asked, of course, is because we weren't allowed to participate in the creating of our own planeswalker. Because uh, it's kind of like, what does everybody else also think mm-hmm. about you? But um, I think it would be kind of silly to not um, participate in this. Yeah. yeah so, that's, that's, that's including yourself. why don't we remind everybody what Dirk's Planeswalker does? I love the mock-ups that were done on the forums.
1: Jars is the man. Yeah, those are good. So, Dirk. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, his plus ability... Is until your next turn, whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to Dirk, put that many 1-1 green elf creature tokens onto the battlefield. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, (laughs) For zero, choose one. Creatures you control gain trample until end of turn, or vigilance, or lifelink. Man, I remember that discussion. That was a good discussion about which ones to go there. Anyway, uh... (laughs) And his limit break, which is a minus some number, for each non-legendary creature you control, put a token that's a copy of that creature onto the battlefield. Holy crap.
0: That's pretty good. All right. Well. So,
1: how do we start this?
3: um, Do you want to choose the first card that goes in your deck?
0: Dirk. Yes? Do you want to choose the first card that goes in your deck? Since apparently you can't, you are no longer tuned into the sound of Mike's voice.
1: To be fair to Mike, though, that was kind of quiet, er, der. or Dirk,
0: or both,
1: or Zerk.
2: Okay, I'm lost in this conversation.
1: <laughs> Mike <laughs> asked if you wanted to choose the first card in your deck, and you didn't respond at all. So, Brian, oh, okay. Brian, repeated. So Brian
3: asked you again, and you said what? <laughs> and then Brian and Chewie explained what they <laughs> asked you, and then you said you were lost. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry.
2: <laughs> um, Pretty sure it's my fault. Let's see. Right, yeah, I'll go first. Um, what? Oh, I have to go find it. What is the the elf that any time an elf comes into play? I know it's non-token elf, but any time an elf comes into play, oh, um,
1: oh. anytime an elf comes into play, what?
2: Because um, you, you get a another elf. Yeah. Oh, the hunt master. The hunt master.
1: Liss, Lissalana Huntmaster?
4: Yes.
2: Yes, Lissalana Huntmaster. Whenever you play an elf spell, you put a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token onto the battlefield.
1: Awesome. So it looks like we're going elves for Dirk.
0: Which, I don't know. you know. What a surprise.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, I got. Mike,
1: the, you are still coming across really quiet. You might want to
0: adjust something or something. I don't know what's going on. Um well I've got the next card if we're ready. Go sure ahead, sir. This is Alana Huntmaster. Um I'm not sure if we're gonna stay green or go into green and something else, but I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna call bull whip. Bull <laughs> whip. Um uh, forwards an artifact. You can pay two and tap it. Well, it deals one damage to target creature. That creature attacks this turn of fable So, hey, why don't you come at Dirk? Uh, or if you're small enough, like it's a ball lightning or something, well, I can just kill it. So, kind of starting the whole, hey, why don't you come on over here this turn thing.
4: Hmm.
1: I was it's just difficult. trying to think of something to do with that, and it's that's difficult. awesome.
0: It's difficult to force creatures to attack your planeswalker versus you or something else, but hey, you know, if you want to crack that whip at something and they choose not to send it at dark and maybe they're sending it at someone else, then that works too. Hmm. So whip it. Whip it good. Whip it good. So we've got a plane walker, an elf that makes more elves, and a whip.
1: <laughs> Sounds like the beginning to a dirty joke.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Remind me of his middle ability again. Just real quick, layman's in front.
3: Um choose one, uh that's right. trample okay. lifelink.
0: Yeah. yeah. Vigilance. Okay. Vigilance. And that's a zero ability.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I did put the link in in the in the chat so you can click on it.
3: Okay. <laughs> so, for for the last couple minutes, um, the card I've been thinking of is actually Hunted Troll.
4: Ooh.
3: Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool.
3: That's from Original Ravnica, too. Yeah, I need to look this up to make sure I get the numbers right. Oh, Troll I always like the troll. Yeah, so for two green and two, um, he's an eight four. That can regenerate for one green, but when he enters the battlefield, um, one of your opponents gets four 1 1 blue fairy tokens flying.
4: Hmm. And
3: that'll be really useful to give him trample or give him lifelink. <laughs> yeah. Then those fairy tokens you gave your opponent aren't really a bad thing anymore.
0: <laughs> Seems pretty good so far. Off to the chewy.
1: Hmm. Still working on it.
4: Hmm. Dark creature.
1: Damn it. And just, now. None of this is is working. <laughs> none of what? I was hoping. Something like, uh, like Warmonger. Mm hmm. But that's actually really bad for Dirk. And Planeswalker, unless they choose to, which they're not gonna, because why would they? Because then you'll get more dudes.
3: Yeah, Squallmonger is the green one. In case that's the one you were looking for.
1: Huh. Actually, no, I wasn't looking for that either But it still doesn't hit the Planeswalker Unless people <laughs> want it to And they're not gonna Because then he'll get more dudes, as I said
3: Yeah, earlier I was actually thinking um, uh, If Biff, if, if Until I realized that same thing
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, I looked at that already too
0: Well, before you get too worried about it Just remember that If they're not attacking Dirk Then Dirk just keeps going up until You can pop his ultimate So. Yeah, and you can get double guys that is a do you want to give me some guys now, or do you want to give me a ton of guys later?
1: <laughs> Dude, um... Well, you know what, I will throw a Squallmonger in there then, just because of that reason, and because, you know, flyers are bad for elves most times. Yeah. Sounds good. So Squallmonger is the one that says, for two colorless, it deals one damage to each creature with flying and each player... Any player may activate this ability. Oh, huh. right. So that's weird and
0: interesting. Mostly
2: still weird. Good. Dirk? So are we still pretty much in green?
0: So far, right if, if you want to go into another color, you can. But um, we didn't specifically address mana costs. Um, Jars put the mana costs on these cards. But I think it's fair to say that Dirk's card would be... Very minute, very green intensive, so. But yeah. feel feel free if you want to go into another color. I know how much you love the Cynic. <laughs> um,
2: actually one that I, I thought about that goes pretty good with this is Armada Worm.
0: Oh, um, all right. It does because so if, get, the,
2: if the ultimate does get done because Armada Worm puts a copy of itself into the battlefield, if you go the the limit break on it, then all of a sudden now there are four armada worms on the <laughs> yes. It's
0: not exactly the same as getting a copy of yeah. itself, but you yeah, you get another is it five five or six six? six
3: actually five, you, five. actually even more than that, because it makes another token worm and it makes another armada worm, which in turn makes another token worm.
0: <gasps>
1: oh, it's not non token is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just it's said non
3: legendary <laughs>
0: So you'd end up with how so if you've got one armada worm and it, of course it makes a token and, and, then, buddy, you, yeah. and then you use the limit break then you'd,
1: you'd then get a copy of with... the buddy you'd get a copy of the, the, the worm <laughs> and then that worm would bring a buddy <laughs>
3: so, you, so, you'd get, so you'd end up with five worms wow
0: that's almost as good as the one that I was about to say
1: man that's crazy well, well yeah well what were you about to say
0: Greater hoof <laughs> behemoth ha ah! <laughs> because you can go Crater Hoof Behemoth and either just go ahead and swing up with all your guys and then later use Darts Ultimate and get another one uh, later, so you kind of get more turns of Crater Hoof Behemoth. Or if you're just ready to kill somebody right now, then you play Crater Hoof Behemoth and go ahead and use Earth's Ultimate to get another one and have one turn where all your guys are 15-15s or bigger. Um yes. So Yes. Yes. I know it's it's pretty straightforward, you know, overrun effects. Ooh, but they win the game and this is a creature and getting another token of it later is actually pretty uh impressive. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. See. See, mm. so, Mike.
3: Um since Brian, when Brian said Crater Hoof Behemoth, that made me think of uh, Centaur Chieftain. For a green and three, he's a 3-3 three, three Centaur with haste, and he has a threshold ability. So as long as seven more cards in your graveyard, he has when Centaur Chieftain enters the battlefield, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. So that's really useful if you have a whole crowd of guys, and the game has been going.
1: Hang on, I forgot to write that down. What was that?
3: Centaur Chieftain.
1: Yeah, yeah, there we go.
3: He's pretty
0: good.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm trying to figure out
3: just how much of
1: a bastard I am.
0: Go for it. Cause it. there
1: <laughs> there are any number of cards that with a, a crazy comes in the playability. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. enters the battlefield ability. There's Centaur Chieftain. Okay, I, I was trying to see the art, and I, that was it. And we've already hit, you know, a couple of the ridiculous ones, but I was thinking of, uh... Hang on, let me scroll back up. Oh, crap, where'd it go? Oh, no, I lost it. Hang on. Hold, please.
0: Please enjoy this hold music.
1: (laughs) It's completely broken. It's, um... The the dude with the lands and EDH, that's not fair.
0: What? Um i have a I'm I'm not sure what you're talking about.
3: Yeah. What do you? The you there, like, is there is there anything else you can say to help us? Plant, guys, freaking oh, Avenger Vendicar. of Zendikar.
1: That's the. Oh my god! I scrolled past him like seven times.
0: Yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, it's a little cliche, but I mean, <laughs> it gets the job
3: done.
1: Especially with Dirk's uh, with with, with Dirk's Limit Break.
0: And, you know, we're focusing
3: a lot now, on... remember, we, we should be focusing on the first two abilities
0: to try Well, to and, and that's what I was about <laughs> to say, but you know what? It, I mean, the first ability still makes tokens. The second ability still rewards you for having out lots of guys, so... Yeah, yeah. A lot of the things we've already said still apply anyway. And then, I, I really think of the Limit Break as a bonus for people not letting you use the first one. Like, to the full extent. So, I, I yeah. So Yeah, I think
2: the, the first ability is sort of a very defensive ability. It's like, just so you know, if you attack me, I'm gonna get a bunch of guys. Sort of so, sort of thing. So it's a I think the very the first ability is a very defensive ability.
0: Mm-hmm. So so Avenger of in the car, obviously, when it comes in, you get like what, a, a zero one plant for each land you control. Yeah. And then, and then whenever you play a land, you put a plus one plus one creature on each plant you control? Yeah. Seems good. Seems good. Back to you, Dirk. Are we are we gonna do one more or maybe two more rounds of this?
1: Yeah, you I was know? about to ask if you wanted to do one or two. That's weird. Got in my head.
0: Let's do one more and see where we are. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um so for the next one, it actually works very well for the uh second ability and that's the giant Adiphage.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Again you get it has trample, and it's big, and I, you can – okay, so instead of having to say, well, I'm going to get for zero, I'll give it trample, I'll say for zero, I'll give it lifelink. And then if it hits you, I get another one, but I also get seven life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh-huh. I, wow. I win one way or the other. And so <laughs> it
0: plays really well into the whole hey, yay for tokens theme.
2: Yeah, that's freaking the, awesome. the Giant Adiphage is a great card for that deck.
0: I'm really liking this. I'm really enjoying mm. this. Um, the only
2: thing is that the mana curve on this is huge. It's pretty high. It's well, going to be pretty I, high. Yeah, I have, we'll, I have, we'll fix I have that have a, in post. <laughs>
0: I've, I've, got a, I've got a card in mind that costs four, and so you can kind of play it early, but it can be a little more demanding later. But the good news is it's got an instant speed effect. And that is Soul Foundry. Ooh. And Soul Foundry from Mirrodin um, is an artifact. It costs four. It has imprint. And when it enters the battlefield, you may exile a card in your hand from the game, a creature card uh, in your hand. And then uh, at any time, you can pay X and tap the Soul Foundry to put onto the battlefield a creature token um that's a copy of the exiled creature. X is the converted mana cost of that card. So, say, if you, if you, uh, imprint a giant adult page, how much does he cost? Eight or nine? Eight? Yeah. Seven? Somebody?
1: Like a million. What?
0: Seven, isn't it? Seven. Okay. So then, if you put it, it on seven. here, that any at any time you can pay seven mana of any color, and tap it, including at instant speed, um to get a giant alpha page token. So, or, and obviously that fits well into the token theme we're already doing. It allows you to continue that you, you, you retain the soul foundry, you retain the card that's imprinted on it for future use. So you can just keep pumping them out. Um, or even hunt master, list a lot of hunt
2: masters. I was about um, to say, Oh man, with the hunt master, that would just get ridiculous. Really. Now, does he say
0: non-token elves?
2: Yeah. whenever you cast
0: yeah, a spell Oh, whenever it's you just cast a spell spell. But but still, if you've got if you've got a bunch of those guys out and you play an elf spell for each one you've then gotten, it triggers you have got, you can token. Yep. So, and hey, they're three threes, so woohoo. And again, Crater Hope Behemoth, again, you know, um uh Avenger, so Yep. It's kind of an easier way to get a miniature effect, the a uh, miniature version of Dark's ultimate. Next.
3: All right. Um, we kind of forgot about the white that ad- that Dirk added to the deck with. I didn't forget. Uh, with the Armada Worm, so I wanted to go ahead and add Geist Honored Monk since she makes tokens and she's also power and toughness equal to the number of
4: creatures you control. Yep. Huh. I was
1: sitting here looking at uh, differently colored dudes and completely forgot about that.
4: Her, 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 her. <laughs>
0: Things pretty good. Rewards you for playing more guys, creature tokens. Imagine uh, that. Shack <laughs> mate. Hmm. Hmm.
1: It's really too bad that there weren't well, okay. I don't believe I'm about to say this, but it's too bad there weren't any elves in uh Avacyn Restored.
0: In a straw at all? Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> because I'm looking at soul bond creatures for this deck.
0: Oh. And
1: I'm like, oh, dude, I bet the trusted. No, she's a human. Oh, the- no, it's a bear. Duh. I'm Named- <laughs> sitting here going, wait, there's no elves in this block. Damn it. So I don't know which one would be most appropriate. So I guess I'll just go ahead and say Wolfier Silverheart because it's the most impressive. But I think, yeah, uh, the soul bond dudes work well for uh, making some of your guys infinitely more terrifying. Yeah. Thus allowing yeah. your other guys to survive longer, if that
0: makes and sense. If, and then if they kill, like, if you've got something out and you play a your silver Silverheart and pump up something that's already out and they then kill the other thing that's, like, coming at them, then you've still got the Silverheart to pump something else. Yeah. Yeah. I like it.
1: That, and something about giving a, uh, a Soul Soulbond Silverheart to any of those three abilities for Dirt Zero... Just any one of them. is like, damn!
4: Yeah. pretty
3: good.
1: That's good. So, yeah, okay. So do we want to stop there?
3: Sounds good.
0: I think that's pretty good. I think we get a sense of where the deck is going. You can add a couple things. There's several things we didn't mention that tie into making more things and making tokens and attacking with them and making things attack you. So we've got a couple different angles to exploit and explore.
2: Yeah. yeah, there's, the, that's, just in what we talked about in this, it's like, wow, that deck has so much potential. Yep. I mean, it really, I mean, it's just with what, you know, mine has and what we just sort of talked about, it's just, wow, that really, mine really is a terrifying place walk. <laughs> As well he should be.
0: <laughs> so do we want to do one more before we take a break?
1: Yeah, who do we want to do?
0: Do you have a, do you have a D3? I, the
1: D- <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> there are yeah, such it, things.
1: What? Yeah. Oh, what's a D3?
3: It's a D6 with only numbers 1 through 3 printed on it.
1: Oh, that's the dumbest it's thing a,
0: ever. It's a triangle looking thing.
1: That's a D4.
0: It's a pyramid looking thing. That's a, your
3: favorite that's a, that's a D4. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well whatever. <laughs>
3: There, there is, there is no polyhedron. There is no Dirk, regular polyhedron Dirk, yeah, her here, let,
0: let's let's do this. Let's do this the way we did the last one. Dirk, we we when when so we made somebody's playing his walking card, they got to pick the next person. So oh, Dirk, yeah. oh
2: oh,
0: all right, the, pick the one that we're doing next.
2: All right, let's do Brian.
0: Everyone wants to pick me first. It's like the exact opposite of high school. <laughs>
1: So there you All go, kids. Once you get out of high school, life is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So
2: don't make fun of don't make fun of nerds, but you could. You'll probably be working for them. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: So. Brian. Brian. Brian
1: says plus one or plus whatever we don't know. Each player draws two cards, then discards one at random. Remember, it's Brian. Uh, minus ability is each player puts the cards in his or her hand on the bottom of his or her library in any order, then draws that many cards. So it's Furi's one one Teferi's Puzzle Box. Go. Or something. And then his limit break minus whatever, you get an emblem with a shared fate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the other thing, Brian. Uh, Jeremy saw a uh, a shared fate deck. At, uh, really, uh, in modern at San Diego, and told what? a really awesome story about
0: it. No, what, you, like in the tournament. Yeah, and yeah, he told,
1: like I said, a really awesome story of how the guy built the deck. I'm not going to spoil it here.
0: You must get this episode up.
1: Yes, sir. Will do. It's okay. it was a
0: really cool story.
1: <laughs> so that is shared fate. Says if a player would draw a card. That player exiles the top card of an opponent's library face down instead. And each player may look at and play cards he or she exiled with this emblem. So essentially, you have a second hand, quote unquote, of cards you get from other people's libraries, and you can play those as normal. As if they were in your hand.
0: Unquote. Yeah. This is going to be a weird deck to make, because like when I made my shared fate deck, which again, you know, we're going to do this differently, but the whole point of that deck was to draw cards, and I specifically kept the library manipulation to a minimum so people couldn't cheat, and then the rest was playing other people's decks. But, you know, maybe we'll do something different with this one. But I get to pick the first card, right?
4: Yeah.
0: So let's do something a little different.
4: Don't say
0: Shared Fate.
3: I I said don't say Shared Fate.
0: No, (laughs) not Shared Fate. I thought about this, and I decided I wanted to pick a card that would be really interesting if you had the emblem out, and still very interesting even if you don't, and all this other stuff is like drawing cards, so why not Forced Fruition?
4: <laughs>
0: not just to kill Mike. <laughs> forced Fruition um, costs six, four and two blue, it's an enchantment, like the one you could be making with you make the card. And, uh, <clears throat> whenever an opponent plays a spell, that player draws seven cards. So, without a shared fate, it's an easy way to start getting people milled because it's e- Mike, is it easy to lose track of?
3: It is very easy to lose track of it. If you play one, you, you play one spell too many and you lose.
0: And then if you have the shared fate, it's like, oh my god, this is crazy. But with a shared fate emblem, Wow, ah, with an emblem, nobody can ever die to milling. Ever. So. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll force a concession. You guys to decide. Maybe we can do something with all these random cards. So, uh, let's go from here. Somebody else.
3: Ryan, you got bad static. Go ahead and mute. Okay.
0: Muting. Shoot. Um.
3: <laughs> let's see here um, you know while we're talking about drawing cards and everything let's not just go with uh howling mine let's go ahead and get some font of mythos in there to make sure everyone's speeding along all nice
4: oh my gosh <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about Brian's I'm like font of mythos oh my gosh
3: <laughs> We're all going to die. It's going to be great. And that'll even <laughs> that'll even charge up the um, Teferi's Puzzle Box middle ability after that's been going for a couple turns, too. Wow. Mm. Whoops, that's not what I meant to do. That's what you got, um, Chewie. Oh, no, I'm searching.
1: Do, 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 do. Search, you bastard. Search faster. Here we go. <clears throat> so with all this card draw, mm-hmm. I was sort of thinking maybe we should uh, uh, find some way to win. So with a little bit of of work, especially since we've already put in Font of Mythos, we can maybe play some copies of uh, <clears throat> Molten Psyche. That's a good idea. Because you can't count on getting Brian's limit break off to go Shared Fate, so you have to have some way to win. Right. So Molten Psyche, for one red red, each player shuffle, it's a sorcery. Rare. Scars of Each player shuffles the cards from his or her hand into his or her library, then draws that many his or her cards. I think I added a his or her. Uh, at Metalcraft, if you control three or more artifacts, Molten Psyche deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of cards that player has drawn this turn. <laughs>
3: It deals his or her damage to each
1: opponent. Oh, sorry. To each uh <laughs> opponent equal to the number of his or her cards that player his or her draw in this his or her turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah! Why not? One Font of Mythos and one activation of Brian's minus ability, and you might win. <laughs> That's true. Who's next?
2: Dirk? Um... In in trying to figure out what to do with his, to go with his limit break once you get the emblem, um, uh, I am gonna go with not uh oh my gosh my brain is is fried right now. Uh, what's the the not painful version of City of Brass Grand Coliseum? Yes,
1: it's still painful, isn't it?
2: But not if all the you time. not yeah not yeah City of Brass is painful every time you use it. Right, right. Grand Coliseum is not unless you say, Yeah, I want to use this for mana for a specific color. So we'll go with that so that it gives you the option of playing cards from uh-huh. another person's hand. Good call. Good call. I see what you did there. I didn't even I didn't
1: even I didn't even <laughs> <laughs> So Brian, that's you.
3: Yeah, you're turned out.
0: Sorry, I'm I am i Give me the name of that card again, sir. Brand Colosseum. Grand Colosseum. Okay, for some reason I was like, oh, I missed the beginning. of trying to catch up. But um, hmm.
1: you sound really funny.
0: <laughs> Why? Well, thank you.
1: Just letting you know, okay. listeners. Brian's mic has apparently died, and he's using the uh, uh, what's the word?
3: The I don't know. The onboard.
1: The onboard. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. So 100. if he sounds weird from time to time, that's why we haven't quite figured out what the deal is yet.
3: Yeah, I'm starting to think there's something physically wrong with his sound card. Okay. Because of the weird thing it's been doing today, uh, now that it wasn't well, doing a couple weeks ago.
0: Uh, well, kind of. I I really liked where where Mike, well, not Mike, uh, where Chewy was going with the molten psyche. So, I'm gonna say. Uh, Cerebral Vortex Which uh, For one, a blue and a red Is an instant Target player draws two cards When Cerebral Vortex Deals damage to that player Equal to the number of cards He or she has drawn This turn So kind of the Again, you know Drawing lots of cards uh, And then Killing them with it A la That <laughs> I love that. It, it, it doesn't have the advantage of Molten Psyche of hitting all the opponents, um, but it doesn't require Metal crack. So, there you go. Right. And now I'm going to meet again. Woo!
3: Uh, the next card, I don't know whether Brian used to have a deck built around this or Kaminari's ire, but the the next card I thought of is Spiraling Embers. I used to have Um, a deck built around that. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I have the Iron. Okay, that's right. right, So, Brian and Commonized Iron, and two hit Spiraling Embers. So, for a red and three, it's an arcane sorcery, and Spiraling Embers deals damage to a creature or player equal to the number of cards in your hand. So, you have a big fat fat hand and you shoot something.
4: Why did I have a. Oh,
1: it was that, that weird, stupid Spellweaver Helix combo deck. Right, right, that's right. It was you get a, a Spillweaver helix with sway of the stars and spiraling embers on it, and then you play spiraling embers, which means sway of the stars resolves first, mm-hmm. and it puts your opponent at seven life, and everyone has seven cards in hand, and then spiraling embers resolves, and they die.
3: Well, one person does. Well, that's it was for
1: duels only, because right. good lord, that's awful. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I remember that deck. It was dumb. <laughs>
3: It really is tragic that your um Spellier for helix decks didn't work out and persist to the modern day,
1: yeah, you know the red black one is still there's a skeleton of it somewhere, oh yeah, I just I, I haven't had time to look at magic cards in so long. I don't remember what magic cards are unless i'm I've got a headset on my head.
3: well, there are better magic cards now. so I hear <laughs> <laughs> you could put molten psyche in that deck, Ooh. <laughs> no really,
1: yeah, no, really, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a so that was Spiraling Embers, right? Okay, so. Yeah. Ah, now it's my turn again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Balls. What else is good? Hmm. You know, with all this nonsense going on, you might want to, you know, not die.
3: <laughs> when has that ever been one of our concerns? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. So, I'm thinking, there's an Ivory Tower, but what's the
3: other one? Uh, Ivory Crane that's Okay
1: but the Netsuke is for... is a set amount, right? Because it's not Right, Seven or more. Mm -hmm. I mean, the life you gain.
2: Oh. Yeah. Did he say? Yeah, it's four, isn't it? Yeah, I I think it's four.
1: In that case, let's go with Ivory Tower. Because there's a potential to gain more life that way if you don't worry about your hand size total. So Ivory Tower, for one... Well, that's if you
3: can have... That's if you have eight or more cards when your upkeep starts.
1: Yeah, which
3: that's that's when you're getting the same amount of life, but you're always going to get something as long as you have one of four.
1: True, I just like Ivory Tower anyway. It costs one. What is the the Netsuke cost? Two. Yeah, that's lame. So <laughs> Ivory Tower costs one, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep you gain X life, where X is the number of cards in your hand minus four, and a first turn Ivory Tower can really wreck your day. Yeah. Especially with a deck like this, because we'll just assume that there's some Reliquary Towers or something in the deck. Of course. We don't even need to waste a pick on that. So yeah, that'll allow Brian to stay alive while he gets up to his shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Plus it'll make your Spiraling Embers way more terrifying. (laughs) Okay, next.
2: Uh, So I guess that's me. Mm -hmm. So what colors is Brian in right now?
1: Looks like red-blue at the moment. Yeah, I think right now
3: we're red-blue. Okay. Have we named any blue cards specifically? Or have we just been naming red cards? Or Brian named... um, Cerebral Vortex, yeah. yeah, Brian
1: Brian is in blue. The rest of us are in red and colorless.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, So one I looked at, I I was thumbing through and I looked at, and if Brian really wanted to ruin one person's day with all the card drawing, booby trap. So, as Booby Trap enters the battlefield, name a card other than a basic land card and choose an opponent. The opponent reveals each card he or she draws. So, with all the drawing going on, with Brian's second ability, when the chosen player draws the named card, sacrifice Booby Trap. If you do, it deals ten damage to that player. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Earth, you are a Prince among me. Ooh, that's
2: awesome. So, yeah. I, oh, when I
3: looked at like I was like, that is so such a <laughs> Brian
1: card. What was that, Mike?
3: I said, for all you listeners out there, what Brian said was... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what I heard.
3: <laughs> oh, man. All right. What, uh... I'd forgotten Booby Trap showed up again in Ninth edition. When Dirk said that, I was like, how does Dirk know about that? It's like, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Dirk's probably got a stack of them from Ninth edition. I know, I freaking do. <laughs> well, how about, uh, how about you, B? What you got this
0: time? I have... I've been thinking about this one and thinking about this one, and I think I'm going to go
3: with a, a nice favorite You're going to have to type them.
1: Yeah, We didn't actually hear what you said. What is going on? I don't know. This is awful.
3: computer is broke. Oh. Ooh, Brian says, call the Skybreaker. Doo, 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 doo. Best card ever.
1: <laughs> it's right up there. So, call the Skybreaker. Says five and two red-blue hybrid. It's a sorcery. And you put a 5-5 five, five blue and red elemental creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And it has Rich Race, so you can discard a land card and cast it again. And this works really well with his limit break, because he can keep doing that until he runs yes. out of lands.
3: Hmm. That's a yeah, until he runs out of cards in his hand.
1: <laughs> Didn't think about that. But whatever, so he can maybe he'll get one more use out of it. Eh, it's awesome. Yeah, no,
2: because essentially he can just take a card... From the top of someone's library,
3: because they put in the stack, you're... and then sacrifice it. Well, no, they're not in his hand. They're, they're exile. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I remember they go to the exile zone.
2: Yeah, and
1: Brian points out that your opponents can't retrace it, because it has to be in your graveyard. And when they cast it, it'll go in your hand, so even with the, the shared fate emblem, they don't get it. Good point, Brian. It's a shame <laughs> that you can't actually say that.
0: <laughs> Can you hear me now? Hey, there you are. There he is. Yay. So- <laughs> All right, then.
4: What was yeah. that?
3: Um, Weird. Related to Call the Skybreaker and getting a 5-5 five, five flyer and casting things out of graveyards, um, that made me think of Diluvian Primordial as another big spell on the top end. So, Diluvian Primordial is the blue Primordial from Gatecrash. For two blue and five, you get a five-five Flying Avatar. And when you enter the battlefield, for each opponent, you may cast up to one target instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard without paying its mana cost. And then um, you exile the spell instead of putting it in its owner's graveyard.
1: Hmm. That's pretty good.
3: Yeah.
0: Hmm. I like that.
2: <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> All right. Um... I think it's my chewing
0: th- it. My turn. Meh.
1: Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to find something. We don't have any any way to protect ourselves, hardly. I'm looking around at, like, eight dudes. <laughs> and the dudes that would fit into the deck all cost five or more. Well, not all of them. Um, hmm. Well, okay, the that dudes t- that I'm searching for.
3: <laughs> who's th- Who's that defender guy from Kamigawa Block who increases your hand size, and I'm a scroll keeper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just one. Well, whatever. Yeah, he's done.
1: Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, what about, uh... Oh, he goes 5-2. Damn it. I was thinking with all these cards in hand again, we could play something crazy like the the Sokenzan Spellblade. Spell you know what, I like him. I'm, I'm going to say him anyway. So, the Sokenzan Spellblade is a 2-3 uh, Ogre Samurai Shaman. Yeah, I said it. For 4 and a red. He has Bushido 1, which means when it blocks or becomes blocked, it gets plus 1, plus 1 until the end of turn. And for 1 and a red, it gets plus X, plus 0, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Bam! You bet a block. You bet a
3: block. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a good creature.
1: I always liked him, so I'll, I'll say that. I forgot what Brian said. Oh, call Skybreaker.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, Dirk. Now it's you.
2: Mm i I'm trying to figure out how this one would factor into his deck, whether it would be a good thing or a bad thing. Ooh. What is it? Okay, you guys give me give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So before I do that, did you guys uh, say Cerebral Vortex? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then this would be, have to be the other one. Dragon Mage. Whenever it uh, deals combat damage to a player, each player discards his or her hand and draws seven cards.
0: I fail to see how that could be anything but a big thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Be a what? A
2: big
1: thumbs
0: up. (laughs) It's a bit on the pricey side, but pretty much everything we've said for both decks is like, oh, big, crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, because like we said, we're not looking for the utility and making it work. We're giving the We're the idea, man. (laughs) <laughs> There's yeah. engineers to fix all the problems.
2: <laughs> but I think it would be it's one where again it's it discards cards and it refills the hand and everything and then if you do the second ability then you just re then essentially you everyone gets new hands again. I guess. I, I'm thinking about this now. I'm like, uh No, but that's anyway, fine. that's fine.
1: And then you cast molten psyche and win. <laughs>
2: yeah. There
4: you go.
0: Bam. Oh, how, that 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 does it for this one, right? We did a couple rounds of it. I like yeah, how we didn't rounds. mention a single artifact the whole time, but that's first—that's someone booby else's trap. job.
1: Yeah, we did. There's Fonta uh, Mythos and Ivory Tower and Booby Trap.
0: Oh, well, the Booby yours Trap is, is, yours has
1: more artifacts than mine did.
0: The Booby Trap uh, is not going to be on the battlefield.
1: But yeah, that's true. It's not going to be there very long.
0: Yay for Ivory Towers and everybody hating you. <laughs> so, no but I, as we said with with uh Dirks, this is a place to get started. So, I like it. It's crazy. It's it's weird and neat and it's not at all like my other shared fate deck, which is good cuz usually when I play play shared fate, I don't have to wait a couple turns to use it. So, um this is good. It has things to do in the meantime and other ways to win, so I like it. I like it a lot. I like it.
1: Yeah. So, because I am weird like this, let's take a quick break, and the quick break... Oh yeah, this will work. I'm actually going to use a real song, which is something I try not to do, but it's just so appropriate I can't handle it. I should have used it a couple weeks ago, but it's Make Yourself by Incubus. (laughs) Off of their album, Make Yourself.
3: Get it? Also by Incubus.
1: Also, (laughs) him or herself. Alright, so here's some incubus, and we'll be right back. So, Brian has ice cream, I have ice cream, Dirk still does not have two children, and Mike has a beard. uh uh-huh. Is that about, is that about cover it? I think that sums it up. All right. So, moving on. Who's next, Brian? Can I recommend that we not do Mike next? Um, uh, sure. I was going to pick Mike, but... Well, the reason I say that, here's my thought, is because by the time we're done doing Mikes, our brains will be broken. <laughs>
0: that is true.
3: Yeah, I really don't know how to start building a deck.
0: <laughs> I have one or two ideas, but we'll go ahead and do uh, Chewy.
3: Okay. I don't want a
1: broken brain and, and still have to do another one. That'd be awful. So, Chewy. I'm Chewy. It says plus one, search your library for a card with the same name as target creature and put it into your graveyard. So it's like a targeted entomb. That's pretty cool. Uh, minus X. Creatures get minus X, minus X until end of turn. That's. Phew. Did we really do that?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah in, in retrospect, it might not be such a good idea, but whatever. Too late. Too late.
0: It's fine. It's balanced. The more he, as long as that first ability is just a plus one.
3: And I start at one.
1: <laughs> oh, well. Uh, limit Break is a living death for permanents. So, exile all permanent cards from all graveyards. Destroy all other permanents. They can't be regenerated. Return all cards exiled this way to the battlefield under their owner's controls. So what you're essentially doing, except for Chewy, is swapping out all the things that are in your graveyard for... Or sw- oh. switching out all the things that are in your graveyard and on your battlefield. hmm Which is pretty freaking cool.
4: Hmm.
1: I guess I gotta go first, huh?
4: Yep. Damn.
1: You know, I've known we were doing this this whole time, and I didn't even think about it. Um. <laughs> nice. Hmm, something that's on the battlefield, put it in the graveyard. Hmm. Oh, I will cheat. And I won't say not the Shadow. Hmm. But I will say Bloodgast because that's worse.
3: <clears throat> <coughs> All right, that's a good one.
1: That's the guy... Bloodgast is a landfall one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy that, landfall, he jumps back from your graveyard to uh, the battlefield, and he has... Haste if an opponent has ten or less life. Right. So if an opponent is... What was the adjective they used? Was it bloodied?
3: Yeah, because that was the um, that was the technical term in uh, D&D 4th edition. Too bad that didn't catch on, because that'd be pretty cool. I never liked it all that much. Just for that, I'm going to bloody you.
1: <laughs> oh, no. So that would be pretty... That's that's pretty dirty, actually, to have a blood guest on the field, go get another one, and then play a land. Buh. I like that. Let's go with that. Okay.
3: <clears throat> Next. That's Who's uh, that? that's Dirk, right?
2: Okay. Uh yeah, I think so. Alright. So uh in looking for something that kind of plays into yours, the first thing that came to mind? Noxious ghoul. So whenever Noxious Ghoul or another zombie enters the battlefield, all non zombie creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Uh
4: uh-huh. uh.
2: Because my thought is, okay, so <clears throat> with your minus one minus one ability, it works with that. But also with your limit break, if you've got zombies in in play that are in the graveyard, then when you co- when they come back, you can once again reclear the board, so you're once again at the advantage. <clears throat> and zombies are ones that have a uh, have a great deal of the the return back to the battlefield abilities.
4: Mm.
1: So is it Brian?
0: Yeah. Um, sure. I didn't, I didn't know if we were going in a particular <coughs> order or not, but I've been thinking we about. We have
3: been for the first two so far. Whatever. <laughs> we use I... the same order for each one.
2: <laughs> okay. Words and talking. Um, what
4: I would
3: say is, would I'm trying to find English. Uh hey Brian. You're gonna have to type this one again.
1: Yeah, we don't know. As soon as you started you said well and it got real real bad. And that's silly. (laughs) (laughs) He's still typing. Everybody calm down.
4: (laughs) Panic, panic
3: Blood flow quinas. I don't know what that is. I forgot. Oh, f- blood can't type. Blood foul, no. Blood flow. Okay. Sack creature, put a plus and plus plus counter on blood flow, connoisseur. That guy, gal.
1: Oh, that guy, gal. hmm That's pretty cool. I can't spell that. Hey, look, Brian put it in the chat. on mm-hmm. con Connoisseur.
3: Sad creatures, get them back. Yeah, 2-2. Yeah. I think Brian is thinking of... Oh wait, he's talking about something else. Sack creatures and get them back with the lunar break. That's what he's talking about.
1: Oh, uh, okay. <clears throat> that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a one lim- month.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> so when, uh, so when Dirk brought up Noxious School, I thought, oh, we could do interesting zombie stuff now. So, and, and then in conjunction with the minus X ability, that made me think of White of Precinct 6 since he's a zombie and he cares about creature cards and graveyards. Not yours, but opponent's graveyards. And since presumably this is one of Chewie's decks, he'll also be killing creatures everywhere. Not I mean, just sticking them directly into his graveyard. You'd think. Yeah.
1: I don't know what a White of... What is
4: that?
3: The White of Precinct 6 is from Gatecrash. For a black and one, he's a 1-1 zombie. And he has plus one plus one for each... Um, Creature card in your opponent's graveyards.
1: Wow, he's pretty good.
3: Yeah, yeah. The only reason I didn't say Mortivore was because Mortivore isn't a zombie, and I liked Dirk's idea of not just cool. That is pretty good.
4: Hmm. <clears throat>
1: Excuse me. Oh, I am having I'm having problems here. Oh, I can't figure out. Like <clears throat> my brain keeps coming back to decks I already have built, and that's not what I'm going for here. Hmm. So, what if I say color, bloke? What color? Black.
3: What? <laughs> <Blah. laughs> <laughs> what kind of thing are you thinking of, generally?
1: I I honestly don't know. Like, again, I keep coming back to the decks that I already have built, and that's 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 not cool.
3: Well, if they're good ideas, might as well say them. See, the
1: problem is, anything that I can seem to find that would interact with. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> this is terrible. How about. <laughs> how about this terrible? <laughs> how about it? Oh, this is even better. Here we go. Let's do this. Uh, forbidden Ritual. Wow. Let me read the freaking oracle text. This is silly. Here we go. So for two black black, four mana, it's a sorcery from Visions. Huh. Sacrifice a non-token permanent. If you do, target opponent loses two life unless he or she sacrifices a permanent or discards a card. You may repeat this process any number of times. Sounds good. I was looking for something that would be beneficial to me that would interact with my Mm. limit break on the off chance I got to use it.
4: Mm.
1: So maybe this would be a one of in the deck. Because now that I read it again, it's kind of (laughs) dumb. But it's mine, and I will name it Squishy, and it will be my Squishy Forbidden ritual.
3: Exactly.
1: (laughs) My deck sucks. (laughs) It's my fault. How about you, Dirk?
2: All right, so Mike and Chewy and Brian... Let's see if which one of you comes up with it first. Oh, Lord. What is the card that Cory used to play? It was a red card that when something enters the battlefield,
3: it dealt damage equal to its mana cost? It wasn't mana cost. It would have been power. So Pandemonium? pandemonium? I don't think there's something that does mana cost. All right, well, then it would be uh, power
2: or something of that sort. Yeah, pandemonium.
0: Pandemonium, pandemonium. pandemonium or uh, Warstorm Surge is...
2: It's just for you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, can't find it. Let's
4: see.
2: Yeah. So Pandemonium (laughs) for for Chewie's deck. Because of, because of this, the ability and everything, I thought that'd be a fun one to, to see what sort of mischief and, as the name says, pandemonium that you can throw out Mm -hmm. with everything. Okay, so, it's going to the graveyard, now it's coming back.
1: Makes me want to not set off my limit break.
2: (laughs) Why not? If, if you, if, that would mean that you just need to have something in there that removes stuff from the graveyard of your opponents. Ah. And then, when that stuff does come back, you can be like, all my stuff come back? Hey, guess what, guys? You're all dead. Where did <clears> your <throat> stuff go? Hmm? <laughs> oh, look, all your stuff's dead. All my stuff's not. <laughs> so I'm going to say pandemonium. All right. Sweet. <clears throat> I like it.
1: Who's next? I forgot. It's Brian again?
3: Yes, Brian. All
1: right. Give it a shot, Brian. You're not going to try to
3: say it? Brian's actually. not going to risk the noise. Brian says morality shift. I don't even know. You know what morality shift is. I know what paradigm shift is. Morality shift, you switch your library and your graveyard. Holy crap, that one? Yeah. Remember, that was that was one of the things that that he brought up as a potential idea for your Planeswalker's limit Break, or something like that.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's got the greatest uh, actual rules text. Where did it... You piece of crap, gatherer. (laughs) (laughs) It's got the greatest rules text ever. Exchange your graveyard and library. Then shuffle your library. That's (laughs) that's all it says. (laughs) It's from Judgment. That's pretty freaking cool.
2: Is there someone in the art copying off the other person?
3: Maybe? (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) It's... He's... Like one of the monks is writing, one of the monks is doing a little, like illumination on his page, and the other monk is drawing on some freaky monsters. <laughs> he's like writing an <laughs> evil version of what the other one is doing.
1: <laughs> so let's see here. Brian's typing because he's afraid to talk. It says cast morality shift, limit break, profit, and keep in mind the limit break. The limit break brings back all permanents, not just creatures, which. If you can get the Morality Shift casted before something stupid happens to your uh, library, that's pretty crazy.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> just vomit permanence. Blah! <laughs> hmm. That's pretty cool. Brian points out, just stock the graveyard so that I don't die. It's a decking. Mm. Or the player. Sorry, it's not me. I'm just the planeswalker. Right. Seems good. I like that. That's crazy.
3: all right then who's i forget Uh, i think it's me oh what's name? yeah all right i just thought of it but what is it oh dang it man here we go here's something um to combo a little bit more with uh with the plus one ability i think we could use corpse dance so for black and two it's an instant with buyback of uh, return the top creature card of your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste until end of turn. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. You could avoid the um, exile part by sacrificing it to something or making it die some other way.
4: Well, yeah. Yeah.
3: But yeah, that's a good way to come up with the plus one of the planeswalker.
0: Hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sorry, I was typing.
1: Hmm. Sorry. I think we forgot something. Dirk!
2: Yes. That's you.
3: Me again? <clears throat> no.
2: no. No, it's you.
1: Oh, me. no wonder I'm an idiot. Okay. her dirt. her her So, with all of this killing things...
2: Wait a second, how many times have we gone... This is the third time, fourth time we've gone
3: around.
1: Oh, it is? No, this is only two. I mean, this will be third
2: now.
3: Yeah, we're starting third.
1: Yeah. Okay. Damn it, dirt. So, with all this killing things and getting things from graveyards and things and stuff and face, how about I throw in a sepulchral primordial?
4: Sure, let's do that.
1: Because with a pandemonium, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam, bam. 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 So that's the guy when he enters his- What's that from? Uh, Gate crash. Right, right, right. When he enters the battlefield, I snatch a creature from each opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield, under my control. That's mine. And apparently I read Brian's mind. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> my bad. There's actually a reason I brought up the Sepulchral Primordial, but that's going to have to wait till the final thoughts. <laughs> okay, so that's me.
2: All right. Uh, for mine... Seeing as this is, you know, grabbing stuff out of the graveyard and all that, Scion of Darkness. So, yeah, 6-6 with Trample, that when it deals combat damage to a player, you put target creature card from that person's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So, with all this destroying things and sending stuff to the graveyard and flipping graveyards and all this other stuff, Scion of Darkness, go and grab something that someone... Put him the graveyard that's really pretty, and then you say, hey guys, guess what? <laughs> that's mine. Here's Johnny. That's not Johnny, that's old Sion. It's a guy with a big old
1: horn. Two big horns. <laughs> He's a horny bastard. I'm it's a Conan shit.
2: with horns.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> oh, you're a horrible person, Brian. Brian just said, huh, when Dirk said that, all of a sudden I wanted to play Morality Shift with Hive Mind out. Flipping the graveyards.
3: Huh? That'd be pretty interesting. I hate you both.
1: <laughs> Makes my head hurt. Oh! I like it, though. So, um, Brian? Yeah, give it a shot.
0: Okay, did the world end? Nope. Okay, okay. let me say this real quick. Cauldron dance. What's a cauldron dance? What isn't a Cauldron Dance? <laughs> <laughs> Mike knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, since we splashed into red a little bit, for four, of black and a red, I'm going to have to read the oracle text just to make sure this is correct.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's, an,
0: it's an instant. Cast Cauldron Dance only during combat. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So that creature goes from your graveyard to the battlefield to your hand. For the second part of this, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Its controller sacrifices it at the beginning of the next end step. So it goes from your hand to the battlefield to your graveyard. Um... And it's a great thing to combine with some of the fatties and things we've talked about. Like, the the, the primordial dark likes this, too. Um, I guess so. I, I thought I was dark chuckling. Um, but it's a great thing to do with scions and primordials and all sorts of things. So, And they get haste and they can swing. And one of them goes back to your hand. And the other one goes back to the graveyard. Graveyard, which may be exactly where you want it to be. Mm. I like. So, that. There you go.
1: That's pretty freaking sweet, actually.
0: And I got to tie in a little bit of the old school. Awesome. You got to have at least one card that makes everybody goes, huh? <laughs> so, okay, I'm gonna. <coughs> what you we're doing? Before. What?
3: <laughs> so I'll, I'll mute again before
0: before I attempt fate too much, uh, Mike. All
3: right. Uh, I know with a couple of the other decks we got to a point where we're, where we're like, we don't have any way to defend ourselves when we try to pick something like that. Well, I, I just, like, nearly seven or eight seconds ago, thought of a little defensive card that would also combo well with the Planeswalker's ability, um, Mere Servitor.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. So for, so for just one, um, he's a 1-1 artifact creature. And uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if he's on the battlefield, each player returns all cards named Mere Servitor from his or her graveyard to the battlefield.
1: Ta-da! I mm. like it. Just give me all of them guys. And you can get once you play one, you can essentially go get them all.
3: Yeah. Uh. You can start shooting for the rest of them. Chewy can start pretending to be Nissa. <laughs>
1: They're totally the elves. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Get some leaves and stick them up on the side of their little heads like pointy ears. Yeah. See? Look. Helps. Shut up. (laughs) Word?
0: And that does it for Chewie's deck.
1: Yeah. Although, to be fair, if I got one more pick, just because I haven't said it yet, I'd have to pick (laughs) Cruelbran.
4: I was also
0: thinking of Spine of Ishzab, because both, you know, kill something and then if you get it back later with that limit break, ugh. Well, Plus, I also I was, I, I was also half tempted to start naming eggs things. a <laughs> <elsewhere laughs> S- sunrise. Uh... Elsewhere flask and stuff like that. So you know, oh, you get them back, and then you know, but you're
1: know. not allowed to play modern ever.
3: <laughs> I I I do agree with Brian. Going back to what Brian was saying earlier about eggs, I do agree with him. With I do like it because it's possible for it to just go and fall down the stairs. Like, you have to not only be a little lucky, but you have to know what you're doing and do it correctly.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. They were talking in the finals about how difficult it is to play it and then cast Twin Cast, and you have to do a whole lot of stuff with lots of things on the stack. So you have to be a good player to play it and actually not just kill yourself.
3: But, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not one of those decks like... Um, like affinity or the standard version of Jund, where any idiot can shuffle up and play.
0: I cascade into lightning. Is that?
3: That's that's not to denigrate that- anybody who plays um affinity or Jund, but yeah. seriously, there were versions of those decks that any jerk could pick up and play in top
1: eight. <laughs> now that the the bloodbraid elf is gone, I love the way that they're they're keeping Jund alive by moving out of Jund colors, but
0: it's the same deck. There- there's like three or four different versions of Jund now. And There's a
1: five th- color. The dude called it multicolor Jund. I'm flipping through it, and it's all five colors. It's not like it's Jund splash. No, it's all five colors. Uh, uh Yuka here. Yuka <laughs> the uh hmm, Ken. Ah oh crap, that was last night. I don't even remember. It's the first guy listed in the uh, the player the top eight profiles? That's his deck.
0: Sorry. Okay, so, but that does it for Chewy's deck, which I think is pretty sweet. And definitely diff- it still feels a lot like Chewy, too. Much yeah. like my deck was kind of insane and Dirk's deck was like, I eat people. <laughs> and they are delicious. <laughs> so we've got one left.
1: And this is going to break our brains.
4: Oh, All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, Mike.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: Mike says, is, <clears throat> he has a static ability. Spells you cast that share a card type with a card exiled with Mike cost two less to cast. But what if it costs two less? Uh, his plus one, exile the top card of your library. That's all. His minus two, exile target permanent an opponent controls.
0: I still think that should be more. Right.
1: More than two? Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. So his minus something ability is that... His limit break, which... It's not really a limit break. It's not it's really not a limit like break. His third ability...
0: <laughs> but it's another minus ability.
1: Yeah, it's another minus ability. Choose an exiled card and put it on the bottom of its owner's library. If you do, I, I guess that's choose a card
0: exiled with Mike. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, th- I think I sent you the file before I clicked save one last time. So oh, I right. didn't finish editing that. Sentence. Exiled with Mike. Yeah, it should be exiled with Mike.
1: Yeah, so choose a card exiled with Mike and put it on the bottom of its owner's library. If you do, Mike deals damage to target creature or player equal to that card's converted mana cost. That is so cool. <laughs> All
3: right, Mike. All right. So. <laughs> That's what I was Oh,
0: and I just have to say, I love that someone pointed out that the flavor text on Mike's card should be, but what if it costs two less? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Right, so, we need to start somewhere. See, the problem is, is that in terms of making a deck, only the, only the static ability actually works with other cards. The only abilities just work within this card. So,
1: uh, uh, (laughs) Ba da ba ba ba, I'm loving it.
3: Pretty much, um, because the spells will be cheaper, and because this card I'm thinking of only costs two, so it would be free if it was getting a discount. I would start with Helling Mind so I can draw, draw more cards to cast for cheap, and my opponents are they're drawing extra cards, but they're not getting a cast.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, okay, I get it. So I zoned out for the middle of that, and I was like, how does that... Oh, because, duh.
3: Yeah, draw more cards that I can cast for cheap, and if there's an artifact that's been exiled and helling mine is free, which is... that's pretty good helling.
1: There is nothing better. You'll like this helling mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I right. wish Mike hadn't taught me that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very useful paraphrase.
1: <laughs> okay. So we got a Howling Mind. Maybe free. Ooh, I, fr- I forgot the order already. It's Chewy. Oh god. I don't freaking know. I uh. should have picked
3: something with multiple types. No
1: oh yeah, okay. How about that, that horsey enchantment creature? Yeah, no, Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I oh, don't know, that's silly. What, what color is Mike? Do we ever figure that out? Is he?
3: He's, like, blue-white or white-red? or. I think you guys were saying blue-white.
0: I think At we point. were saying blue-white, and I, I think somebody... The rest of the
3: conversation. It seems I,
1: like Mike Ogahara, I think it was, or somebody. No, not Mike. Uh, somebody on the forums. That wasn't Mike. Somebody pointed out that, that you would be... You would have a red in there somewhere.
0: That last ability, I mean, that the damage doesn't feel particularly blue or white. hmm Um... So would he be tricolor? Would he be blue, white, red? Would he be America? Well, he is like America. <coughs> well, when, when it comes to co- when it comes to colors, I think probably any one of those colors would be okay. And if we don't use one, if we find that we're just not using white, then
4: yeah,
0: I think white is probably the least tied to this.
4: Hmm.
0: What? Let's see. He's all permanent. He's not green and he's not black. Choosing
1: exile permanent,
0: yeah. Oh no,
1: like Mike isn't the kind of planeswalker you can, like it's it's this the kind of planeswalker you can build around, but it's not really build around so much as it is make the deck appreciate him more. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know, I. Do you need us to skip you and come back to you?
1: Possibly, like it's it's so wide open that I can't I can't narrow it.
0: I have an idea, but dark do you have something?
2: One thing that I I thought about with this was Mirari's Wake. Hold Whenever on. you tap, because his makes stuff cheaper, Mirari's Wake gives you more mana. Do you? So want this to- is going to accelerate Mike right. I honestly think Mike's a five color deck.
0: Do okay. That, that's what I was gonna ask. Is do you want to go into green instead of doing something like extra planar lens?
2: No, I honestly think like Mike is a five color deck. In which case, Mike like Marari's weight goes into his deck because it's gonna it the actually the plus one plus one ability doesn't really matter. It's the fact that it makes all of his lands no matter because he's essentially going to be a five color. Add one mana of your mana pool your mana pool type land produced. So in his I mean frankly, Progenitus goes in his deck. And Mirari's wake, if Mike has one card of each type, he can play Progenitus.
4: <laughs> I
2: mean that, that that's just the simple, you know nit and gritty about it.
0: Okay, so you're <laughs> picking you're picking Mirari's wake. Yeah. Okay. Uh Chewie, does that give you any ideas or do you need me to give that
1: actually it makes it worse. <laughs> Alright.
0: Well here's here's my idea. Mycosynth Golem. It's a four or five golem. It's an artifact creature. It costs eleven. Uh it's a four or five, in case I didn't already say that. It has affinity for artifacts, so it doesn't really cost eleven. And it gives artifact creature spells... Artifact creature spells you cast have affinity for artifacts. So... We've already said... Um, <clears throat> How in Mine, we're making things cheaper. He makes things ridiculously cheaper. If you get out an artifact or an artifact creature under Mike and you play a micro-synth it's going <laughs> to make the math really interesting. But it's going to... You're going to have a hard time playing even, like, big, hard, expensive uh, artifact creatures for anything more than free. So, I, th- I think it's got some potential. Okay, Chewie, that's it.
4: Hmm.
0: We've given you a Howling Mine, a Morari's Wake, and a Microsoft Golem.
1: What's really weird is I'm gonna go in a in a... Well, not a different direction, but another... Uh, I'm going to branch off of that again. Oh, shut up. Uh, let's just say the Mirari. Okay. Because if your, your instance... No, sorcery... What is it? I just had it up, damn it.
0: Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you spell? may pay three. If you do copy that spell, you may choose new targets for a copy, and it costs five. And okay. it's an artifact.
1: So it seems like casting your instance or sorceries, paying an extra one mana... And getting a second copy? That seems pretty
0: good. How do you just pay one mana?
1: Cause Mike's gonna uh, reduce the cost by two, so you pay one more, and you get a second copy. Cause it reduces it by two, so instead Yeah,
3: he's, he's, he's lumping the optional additional cost of Mirari in with the yeah. reduction you got earlier.
0: Can that what Does that work?
3: No, it, it doesn't. He's just simplifying the way he's explaining
0: it. Oh, okay,
1: okay. Yeah. And you should mute again, Yeah. Okay. Oh, Lord. Yeah, what... How does it... Well, it comes out, and the end result is you're paying one more mana than the cost of the spell to get an extra copy.
3: Yeah, that's the net result. Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
1: Yay! I'm silly. We're just making stuff cheaper around here.
3: Yeah, why not?
1: (laughs) Because I don't know what else to do with Mike. He's crazy.
3: So let's, um... So now, it's my turn. So now, uh, let's put worm calling in here, why not?
1: Since we already dipped in the green, screw it.
3: Yeah, worm calling.
1: <laughs> that is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> As Brian said in the chat that no one can see.
3: Alright, your turn again, Chewie, hurry up. What's, wait, what's worm calling? Worm calling, that's the, um, a green and X get an XX worm and then it has a buyback of green too. There you go. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I should have explained it for the benefit of <laughs>
4: everybody.
2: Hmm. So actually it's mine, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we might as well switch it up since I already screwed it up. Yeah. My bad.
2: That's no, okay. I don't really have anything right on that.
1: Oh
2: gosh Mike, here's this
1: yeah, what the hell? This truly really
2: is hard and difficult. Yeah, that's the problem.
1: It's not a problem, but we're trying to do this on on the off the cuff.
4: Hmm.
1: I know. We'll just throw Mike in any deck, and then we'll go to Chuck E.
3: Cheese. <laughs> but not on a Saturday. Yeah. Put a deck with spells, that <laughs> you're done.
1: Ouch. Which one's the any deck? <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. I get a feeling that Dirk and I are both going.
2: Ugh.
3: Yeah, I know for a fact that's what you both are doing.
2: <laughs> well, the, like I would, I would say progenitus, and here's the reason why. So if you have progenitus in your deck, it actually doesn't matter that you play it you use your first ability to exile the top. If it's your first, if it's the card on the top, you exile it. Vergenis is exiled. And whenever you get to the limit break, you choose it, put it on the bottom of your library, and you deal damage to somebody to their face. You wallop someone. <laughs> in. I mean, you, you're just like, kabam!
1: It's gonna be the person who attacked you first if Dirk's piloting this deck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So really, fr- from this, to make, I mean, if you've got Progenus in the deck, really at this point, what you need is you need something that will stack the library. So
3: that you know what you're exiling. Okay. So what do you have for that, Chewie? What is, it? is it my turn again? I just, I just went. No, you didn't. You and Dirk sat there and went, uh. Oh. <laughs>
1: well, it wasn't my turn. Remember, we screwed it up. So we had Mike, and then Dirk, Brian, oh, yeah, and then me. Brian, right. So then yeah, Mike, Dirk, so now Brian. Brian, what you got? Oh, Brian's afraid he's going to type again.
3: Horn of Plenty.
1: Nice. Ooh, No, I'm thinking of Horn of Green. What's Horn of Plenty?
3: Horn of Plenty, uh, it costs six, and whenever a player casts a spell, they can pay one. And if they do, they draw a card at end of turn. Is that right? I'm I'm reading this from memory. I didn't look it up on Gather. Horn of Plenty. Yeah, you were yes, correct about really. all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That is good. Yeah. I used to put that card. I think I still have it in my binder. I should dig it out for a commander deck. Oh, man, that would be pretty cool. Hmm. So, wait, Brian's
1: typing. What is Brian saying? Oh. Play cheap spells, get cards, win. And it's an artifact. Yay! (laughs) Yay! So something that stacks the top of your library so you know whether or not you want to exile something, huh?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, why don't we throw in a... Uh... Oh, God.
4: My brain
3: is <laughs>
1: completely... The obvious answer. Uh... Uh, 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 yeah, I
3: didn't know whether you were going to go for the obvious answer or uh something that's... It's kind of the comedy option, but it's also a good choice. Oh,
1: there we go. Brian's got it. Yeah, the Sensei's Divining Top. Thank you. Was what okay. I was, was the obvious answer. What's the comedy one?
3: Um, I was wondering if you might end up coming up with Future Sight. No, no. Since <laughs> so it also lets you cast the top card in your library.
1: Ooh, and it's cheap.
3: And it might even it
4: cost might you cheap. less. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> so I, since I was gonna say Sensei's Divining Top once I remembered the name of the stupid thing, I'll say that, and it might be free. And hey, it's a top, it's free, whatever.
3: Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say Future
1: Sight. Well, why don't you go ahead and say Future Site then? Because that's freaking awesome!
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's my pick. Yes, um, Brian was pointing out the Future Site does cost, does have blue, blue, blue in the cost. But hey, that's just how we roll up here.
1: Yeah, we got, we got Marari's Wake, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it costs two blue, blue,
3: blue, right? Or is it three? Blue, blue,
1: blue. Okay. Seems good.
3: So we'll get the full benefit of the cost reduction.
1: Yeah. So that means it's Dirk again. <clears throat> and it's deck of the why
3: but... Mike, where did you have to be so hard? I made so this wrong card. Too, this is but... y'all's fault. I had no input on the on this card.
1: Dude, you had all the input on this card, just not the vocal one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's see. Is there anything that's... What's the new one that uh, that takes away Shroud or Text Proof? That would be Clearing Spotlight. That one. Interesting. <laughs> and the reason why... Okay, here we go. ...is because if Mike is going to be targeting something to exile target permanent opponent controls, the whole thing about it is he has to target something. Mm. And so if it's something he really doesn't like it has to be something he can target. Uh, And so that way, he can stick it on the bottom of the person's library and deal them a whole bunch of damage to their face for playing that stupid card.
1: And he could always sack it so his Micasynth columns and other creature and worms Mm -hmm. can just kill.
3: And since it only costs one, it might very well be free.
1: Yeah, that's a hell of a spotlight right there. Yeah, That's one. Fair enough. Wait, is that me now, or is that Brian again?
3: Uh It's Brian. Okay, good. Or you, if you have a good idea. Uh
1: Yeah, this is—we're pretty much locked into five color at this point.
3: <laughs> yeah, that—that's
2: exactly what my thought was. Whenever we started doing this, is like this: his deck goes into a five color, de- five color deck. It's but like everyone's been doing artifacts, and originally I was thinking Aladdin's lamp until I read Aladdin's lamp and was like, that's stupid.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, yes it is. So, Brian... Because if it, it, it lets you look at the top X co- cards and put them back in any order, I'd be like, yes, it's 10 for 10, yes, do that, because it'll cost two less. But it doesn't.
4: Okay, <laughs> so, so Brian has... Hey,
2: Brian,
3: Brian is writing out his thought process. Huh?
1: Brian, you want to try to actually unmute and say these things?
0: Yeah. Am I good? You're good enough. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> So, the second five colors, and we've got lots of artifacts so far, and my opponent break like things that cost a lot, like the micro I And mean, It doesn't matter how much it costs to play, it's still 11 damage. So I'm gonna say Draco.
1: How did I know there was gonna be a Draco <laughs> coming up?
0: I did not, I didn't go into this thinking of it at all, but it, it's perfect for the deck.
1: But as soon as you said, so this is five color, right? I was like, uh...
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Draco costs 16. It's an artifact creature. So I'm going to do this from from memory. Um, and uh, he costs two less for each two cast for each basic land you can type. You can pull. So if you control everything, one he costs six to play, uh, or four. Or flash Uh and then at the beginning of your upkeep, you have to pay 10 for backtrader, and this cost is also reduced by two for each basic land type you control. So if you have all five basic land types, you have to pay only oh, cost 16. So so there's that. And he's uh well, this is the only part I don't remember because I have been playing with him for so long. I don't always get a chance to attack with him. He's a nine nine. The fine. Uh I actually have to double check that. So if he comes out, great. And he's under nine nine. And under Mike, the opponent is gonna go, Oh my god, I'm going to die because it's <laughs> gonna take sixteen extra. And if he's under mic, you know, your artifact cost less, your picture cost less. So, it's a party. It is a party. Party hard.
2: all right.
1: You're done. I think you should mute him. I'm done. Oh, I guess he's done.
2: And the best part is, is Draco will cost two less.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, he will. <laughs> Man. So, going along with Mike's final ability, since it's not really a limit break, it just occurred to me that we've got all this high-cost stuff and all this craziness, so I'm going to finish this deck off with my old favorite. Anybody know?
3: Nether Shadow, wait.
1: Nether Shadow, yes. No. (laughs) It's Kaboom! (laughs) Kaboom! Nice. Nice because Kaboom is awesome, and it has an exclamation point in the, uh, the card name. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> so Kaboom, and it's not Kaboom, it's Kaboom, <laughs> is a sorcery that says, choose any number of target players. I never realized it said players. In fact, you could choose yourself. For each of those players, you reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land. Kaboom deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that player, Then you put the revealed cards on the bottom of your library in any order. So, you, like, I'll go Mike and Brian and Dirk in that order. And I'll flip up cards until I hit a non-land and Mike takes this much and then Brian takes this much and then Dirk or whatever order I said. I think I screwed it up.
2: No, you didn't. Okay.
1: So, yay! Uh. (laughs) Yay! Oh, it actually says if you target more than one player, you do the whole thing for each player and you do each player in turn order which I think I usually do, but I might not. Huh, how about uh-huh. that? Weird. So yeah, we'll we'll finish with Kaboom and that. Brian says that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I like this deck. It's bizarre and crazy and Oh, yeah.
2: yes it is.
1: freaking weird. So, it's pretty good for Mike. <laughs> 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 I mean, what? So, gentlemen, it is late. We should probably uh, we should probably kill it in in the face, like with fire. Yeah. <laughs> I have sort of a lengthy uh, final thought. My bad.
3: That's all right.
1: So you guys, who wanted to the final thoughts? Mike.
3: All right. I have uh, just a short to medium length final thought. Um. Okay. I I came kind of close to getting in a, a wreck on the way back from work. And that's because I'd assume the other drivers on the road understood how to drive properly, <laughs> which, is, which is not an assumption you should always make. But if you do learn how to drive properly, that'll help everyone out. When you're making a turn, when you're making a turn, turn into the closest lane, okay? So I was making a left turn out of the parking lot um, onto a divided highway that had two lanes on each side. And I was and when I was making my left turn, I turned into the close lane, which was of course the, the left hand lane of the two lanes that were going in my direction. The person um, on the other side of that intersection who was turning right should have turned into their closest lane, the the lane on the right hand side of those two lanes, going in our direction. But as I was making my turn, I saw this person was starting to come over into my lane. So I got further over, you know, put my uh, tires down in the space between, you know, the pavement and the curve. What, what do you call that? That that space on uh, the curb? Not, not the gutter, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the shoulder? No. You, you know that little space I'm talking about. So, yeah, so I, I I got over as far as I as I could without actually popping the curb, and sped up a bit to make sure my car was you know in this person's field of vision because I'm pretty sure I saw a cell phone in this person's hand, and so thankfully I I know that it worked because I wasn't involved in a wreck, and I know they noticed me because I got honked at. I got honked at when the other person was screwing up. That was the part that really got me. So, everybody out there. Pay attention to what other drivers are doing, because they might actually not know how to drive, and make sure that you know how to drive, so that other drivers don't have to be afraid of you killing them. (laughs) And that's my final thought.
4: Hmm.
1: Dying is bad. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm glad that you're, you're alive, sir. So am I. (laughs) That's messed up. Huh. Uh, who? Uh,
0: Brian? Wanna
4: try to unmute? Okay. Hey. Oh, there
0: you uh, are. Alright, uh, I don't really have a problem except that I went onto my Planeswalker Points page earlier and now it says I have zero seasonal and zero yearly points. I still have all my lifetime points. I'm still level five, but I don't understand. Did we just start a new season? I'm, I'm not sure.
3: Anybody the else? Seasons coincided with blocks, or maybe I'm just dumb.
0: You guys, really quick, just go into your thing. You don't even have to log all the way in. Just go into Planeswalker Points and tell me if you have any seasonal or yearly points.
1: What's the site for that?
0: Uh, this one. Oh, wait, that's mine. Well, I'll take out the numbers at the end.
3: If you go type on. planeswalkerpoints.com, it'll end up redirecting you to the right page. Oh, well? Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Use the link. Of course.
4: I have.
3: Oh, okay. March. Okay, March. So the season is March to August.
0: But then the yearly says it's April to March.
3: Yeah, yeah April of last year to March
0: this year. Yeah. And it
3: tells me I have zero. Yeah, that's um, that may or may not be screwed up.
0: I'm wondering if that's screwed up, because I should have a couple hundred, if not in the seasonal, then certainly in the yearly so okay I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me
4: All right, and I
1: bet I, the, the tournament flavors that are flavors the tournamenty players that are listening to this are like you guys are dumb and it's possible that we are in fact dumb because we don't pay attention to that sort of thing
0: but you know I, I was just like huh okay uh, but I am glad the Mike is not dead so let me know when you want to see that guy alright Dirk <laughs>
2: um so, obviously, since I'm here tonight, that means that the baby's not come yet. And if you guys have kind of been kind of keeping up with this, Chelsea's miserable. Aww. She's so miserable that she's making the boys' life miserable, which is why she gets on occasionally and is like, Blah, 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 Because if she's miserable, she's going to make everybody else miserable, too. So, I am so ready for this baby to come. You guys have no idea.
1: (laughs) You are correct. I have no idea.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just want this baby to be here. I, I will love this baby with all my heart and soul. I just want the baby to get here so that I can get some sleep, some not stressful sleep because I wake up in the middle of the night trying to make sure Chelsea's awake or Chelsea's okay. And yeah. I'm very tired and exhausted usually by the end of the day mm. that I am actually I am literally surprised it, it's because this topic and because this is it's been fun trying to think of ways to, to use our planeswalkers and everything that literally this is the only reason why I am not probably half asleep right now. Now that we're winding down, I feel the the tiredness is slowly consuming my brain right now. And it's like, okay, you're ready to go. So that is my final thought. I want this baby to be here so that way I can actually get sleep. I would rather wake up in the middle of the night with the baby crying because at least I know that the baby will be okay once Chelsea goes and feeds the baby. And eventually I will take over that role whenever she goes and gets off maternity leave. But at least in that time... I know the baby will get taken care of and I will not have to wake up randomly over the middle of the night worrying that she's okay. Done. You're a <laughs> And seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay,
1: first, the usual stuff, you can hit the forums, Facebook, Twitter, at The Manipool, email dorks at com, all that good stuff. Go to com. Bill just sent in an email a few minutes ago reminding me of his last squee draft uh, video that uh, he did the gate crash launch uh, sealed that he sent in before we went to Charlotte, and I completely forgot about. So, my bad. I'll have that up on the site soon. it's Hopefully, it's already up by the time you guys are hearing this. I don't forget again. Jeez. But, uh, so there's that. Uh, second thing, I'm going to Pittsburgh, so please come find me in Pittsburgh. Or, hey, thanks for coming to find me in Pittsburgh, again, depending on when this is posted. I'll, it's gonna be the same as before with the, uh, the the Chewbacca's chest t shirt on Friday, the card shark shirt on Saturday, and the GP Day GP Charleston Day two shirt on Sunday. So if you see a red headed guy with any of those on, it's probably me. Especially if I have what looks like a lighter or a taser in my hand because I have a lighter slash taser in my hand. So that's all of that. Uh Chris, Christian from off Color Cast is letting me crash with him. And it's gonna be awesome because he's a weird guy. <laughs> and so yeah. But, the actual final thought, do so you guys remember uh Lou sent us an email, and he's like, hey, I sent you some cards? Yeah. Well, I finally went to the parents' house this weekend to check up on the old man who had back surgery, you know? He's doing fine. He's a pain in the ass again, so he's he's almost back to normal.
4: And
1: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and the date went well, in case anyone's interested. Ooh. Yeah. I got home about 3.30 in the morning. I think that, that qualifies as good, right? Yeah. And uh I went home, see the old man, and I got the stuff Lou sent us. And there's a whole lot of stuff here, so I'm actually not going to go through all of it. He did apologize. So on episode 241, we talked about our preferences for different kinds of cards. Uh, foils, foreigns, alternate art, that sort of thing. You guys remember that discussion?
4: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he says in this uh, this letter he wrote here, Side note, I apologize for the confusion about the extended art uh Sabo Tavok. And for making Brian question his sanity. The version I have was a modified copy, painted to be borderless, not one of the alternate foil art cards from the invasion block. I did get a good laugh out of the conversation though. Oh
3: that was a while ago.
1: That yeah, was like thirty episodes ago, actually. But uh blah blah. he sent us Stuff and at the very end of this letter, at the bottom of the second page, he goes uh, you don't have to mention any of this stuff on the cast. I didn't send any of it in to hear my name on the show or anything like that. I just wanted to thank you guys for all the time you spend each week doing the cast, writing the Mad Libs, updating the, web- the website, and just generally being dorks. Keep up the great work. And because you said that, well, now I have to mention it on the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> People really do like the Mad Libs. That was something um, Clues said to me when I was hanging out with him and Rich, that he just loves the Mad Libs.
1: That's because they're awesome. They are awesome. Brian's awesome. awesome. So, for uh, for Dirk, uh, Lou has included a jumping-off point for a Sliver EDH deck.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he says, including sleeves, uh, you had mentioned always wanting a copy of Sliver Queen, so she's included as the commander.
3: Wow. Oh, I,
1: wow. I, I know! <laughs> uh, he says, some full-art Zen lands also seem like a good idea. Because, you know, why not? And so I opened it up and I'm like, hey, look, I didn't actually open up anybody's stuff but mine, but we've got like two top loaders taped together with cards between them. And then there's a deck box in here. I'm like, what's this? It says on the side, Dirk. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so your, uh, your starting point? Oh, not only is it a Sliver Queen, it's signed by Ron Spencer, the artist. Very nice.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. But he's got a bunch of your, uh,. Your your slivers in here, the common and uncommon ones. Ooh, there's a shiny spectral sliver. That's pretty. <laughs> a uh, signed uh, synapse sliver. Do do do. Some more shiny ones here and there. A signed brood sliver. Holy crap! More shiny ones. Freaking Magnus sliver. <laughs> <More shiny ones. laughs>
2: Screw that guy.
1: Screw that guy. A signed essence sliver. Screw that guy twice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh lord.
1: And some, uh, and some full art, uh, zen lands. And then some vivid lands, and then a bunch of empty sleeves. So he does, he, you've got a starting off point here. And that is freaking sweet. And now I don't ever want to play DH with Dirk again. But <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so there's that. that. That's what Dirk got.
2: Wow.
1: Oh uh, no! Let me get all of these back in here so I can close them up properly. Okay. Um, Brian, I lo- he said, I've loved listening to the stories about your shared fate deck and the headaches it's caused. I thought a nice <laughs> assortment of foil, blue, and red chaos cards were just what you needed. Well, that, and a foil Draco, because who doesn't need a foil Draco?
0: Wow. <laughs> um, thank you.
1: So that's what Brian got. Mike, uh, I really wanted to put together a group of the most confusing rules-related cards ever printed but since most of them are older, none of them were available in foil, and I couldn't even find any cool non-English printings. I know you had mentioned throwing a helm of Chatsuk into a deck, and if you're going to do that, you might as well do it with a nice black-bordered beta copy. Wow. One of your favorite cards also happened to be one of mine, so I figured a foil-guided passage couldn't hurt. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Lastly, there are no cards named Olive Oil in Magic, but there are Arabian Nights versions of Fish Liver Oil. (laughs) <laughs> and who loves her oil why a foil Chandra of course I know it's not a Chandra Ablaze I know it's not Chandra Ablaze but let's be honest the firebrand is even better looking uh yeah so <laughs> that is what Mike got that's and great that's amazing Chewy hands down the most difficult of all the dorks to find cards for I busted the sepulchral primordial at the pre-release as well as a second copy a few packs later and rode them to top 8 and a few prize packs so I got a Sepulchral so Primordial. Uh, next are four. This is really cool. I didn't even know these existed until just a few days ago when Mike told me about them. Um, next are four signed copies of the Eighth Edition Royal Assassin Artist Proof. Like the Eighth Edition is the the new one that it's they're still using, you know, with the guy with the, the thing around his eye.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The art Now, what's an artist proof again, Mike? Uh,
3: an artist proof. Okay. When um when a card is printed. They send the artist 50 copies, uh, they send the artist 50 copies of it, but it has a blank back. It's not printed with a regular magic back. And the artist might, you know, do a, do a little doodle on it, on the back or do nothing with it or whatever. But, but it's, it's, there are 50 copies given directly to the artist to do with, you know, whatever he wants to. He or she wants to.
1: And so yeah, that was pretty cool. And then he goes,
4: Uh,
1: I'd always wanted to run a copy in an EDH deck, and then every time I killed something with him, had the creatures only do a little doodle on the back of the card, sort of like a little trophy. (laughs) Uh, The Assassin is definitely one of my (coughs) all-time favorites, and I'm hoping one of yours as well. I have always loved, Royal Assassin, when I was a kid and playing, was always one of those cards that I always wanted. I always wanted a Royal Assassin, and I never freaking got one. So, like, now, the the Progenitus EDH deck, even though Roll Assassin's horribly inefficient and kind of dumb... Oh, he was in there. <laughs> <right>. Damn it. <laughs> and then... Whoops. Oh, it's the next paragraph. Duh. Finally, I've included a copy of Nether Shadow. I know you have a ton of them, but hopefully you don't have one with this goofy art yet. Probably not, since I doodled it, and my fiancé did all the painting. And I was like, what is he talking about? So I flipped through, I'm like, okay, here's a Primordial, here's a Royal Assassins, oh, that's pretty awesome. I took one out, looked at the back, and I was like, ah, it's Blake, ah! And then I get to another shadow. <laughs> and it's it's this duel of me <laughs> looking towards the camera with, with his mouth open and this weird shadowy figure behind me. And it's so cute, and I'm going to snap a picture of it and email it to you guys, actually. And, uh... And yeah, so that's really awesome. And I, again, we don't, we never understand why people send us stuff, but we appreciate it.
3: Oh yeah, That's a lot. Yeah,
4: yeah, thank you very much.
1: And what's funny is I'm not done yet. He also sent us a horde deck.
4: Oh Oh, wow!
2: So So what
1: what type of horde? He said. Let's see here. He said. Uh, in in the live episode you've done, I know you tend to typically destroy the Horde pretty easily, so I've included a copy of the Horde deck that I've played most recently. Instead of playing your deck as a survivor trying to stave off the invading Horde of Zombies, the human players are the invaders. What are you invading? Phyrexia! Nerd alert! He actually wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for the most part, the deck plays out like a normal Horde deck, but with a few key differences. Uh... The biggest being, you need to defeat the deck a total of nine times, with the horde getting more and more powerful as the game moves on. So he's actually got a meta game here going here.
4: Huh.
1: Uh, he's included the 100 card horde deck in red sleeves, which is a bunch of Phyrexian stuff, including some poison,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and nine enchantments. The enchantments function much like a planar deck in Plane Chase, with each one representing one of the nine spheres of Phyrexia. At the start of the game, the nine cards get shuffled up and one is randomly flipped at the beginning of each round. And the previous enchantment is discarded. Enchantments cannot be destroyed. The only way to escape their effect is to advance to the next round. So it's sort of like Mortal Kombat. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the tokens are a little different. Rather than the standard 2-2 zombie tokens, you'll be facing down star-star black minion tokens. The standard rule we use is that during round one, the tokens are 1-1, round two, they're blah 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 if you find that a swarm of nine nines by the end of the game is simply too much, we also tried adjusting the power or toughness every other round rather than every round. When the Horde deck is defeated, standard Horde rules no cards left in play or left in the Horde deck, of course. Uh, the round is over, the Horde deck is shuffled back up, a new enchantment is flipped, each surviving player draws two cards, and the next round starts. You
2: like keep that. everything that's on the board. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: Uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. How many turns do the do the human players get at the beginning? Uh, he did not say.
3: No. Hmm. I would maybe give Well, I'm assuming you're using the standard horde rules for
4: getting yeah. started.
3: So,
1: yeah. It's
0: absolutely interesting.
1: It's pretty cool, so I can't wait for us to give this a try. So, uh, th- thank you very much, Lou. Thank That's, you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah yes, thank you very much. We, uh, man. <laughs> like, damn, is all I got. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: But, uh yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know what to say. We, It still freaks me out that people uh, do things like this for us. Because, honestly, we just talk about magic. Although, I tweeted today at work that I was listening to the Retro League uh, to keep from killing everyone that I work with, and I hashtagged it murder prevention. <laughs> because that's, that's, that's totally... Get off of me, iPhone, you piece of- Anyway, uh, that's totally what it was. And it was... I got a reply from Celestial Tyrant, who said, if Twitter will overload, uh, Oh, see, that's funny, because the Manipool, Limited Resources, Monday Night Magic, and Horde of Notions are my murder prevention. MTGcast saves lives. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I learned a long time ago that what we're here for is entertainment and to keep people saying at work. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, and everything else is just gravy. So, Yeah. so apparently we're doing a good job. And and again, th- no uh, no one has to send us anything. We've never even asked for people to send us anything. At least not seriously, you know. No. you want to send me a garbage bag full of uh, $20 bills, I'll, I'll say thank you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> Or even a grocery bag. Hey, even like a little vomit bag I will take full of $20 bills as long as, even if there's vomit. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that part. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we, I am floored constantly. So thank you all so much, uh, especially you, Lou, this time. That's crazy. Uh, next time I see the dorks, I will divvy this up, of course. And we've got to play this horde. Oh, man, we got to play this horde. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So, I think that is enough out of me. It is now way too late. So, we are going to kill it. So, thank you all very much for listening. And uh, go play some magic.